0: Today on the Zabecast, it's never too
1: early to start talking fantasy football, but now that it's August, it's more like, holy shit, fantasy starts soon, I gotta get going. Don't worry, Church is here today and we talk plenty of fantasy. Also, who hates drive-thrus? Socialists do. That's who. That plus how golf relates to being humiliated by a hot chick at a bar. Your bonus, 40 minutes of me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! ho <laughs> ho Here we go! Wednesday, August seven, two 2019. Thank you for downloading. Let's start with some feedback. Zabe at Yahoo.com is how you reach me. We'll start with this email from Ian in Millbrook. He says, J-A-Y versus Andy. Zabe, the only way a Zabe Andy podcast could top today's Zabe J podcast in a discussion about LeBron's junk would be if Andy were to reenact the same conversation, yet only in Yiddish. Yes. A lot of feedback to Jay and I talking about LeBron his sex life and his junk. I did Google search, excuse me, his wife and she's all right. She's all right. She is all right. She is worthy of being Mrs. LeBron. This uh, email from Chris Bruch in Appleton, Wisconsin. He says, say, please send this to your boy, Josh, one of the young Jedi's at my 97, three, the game morning show. Uh, it's a, it's a cover of the Beastie Boys album, and it says, The Beastie Boys didn't fight for our right to party for y'all to be out here drinking White Claws. <laughs> okay, I agree. Uh, this email from Chris in Portland, Oregon. Steven, Notorious J-A-Y was out of his nest today. Best Zabe cast ever. F-L-M-A-O, on my commute to work. So grateful you let him go off, and I'm grateful as well for the mandatory eight count, which was well-timed when he really, really got saucy. I'm not sure if you can broach this topic on the podcast. How does content from the ZabeCast affect you, affect ratings, affect management, and affect listeners at the other radio stations you work at? The pod makes you real. Just another dude swimming in the sea of sports. Thus, the appeal to the normal guy. But how does LeBron's dick, Kraft's rub and tug, Jay's Aunt Jay references impact the broader enterprise, which includes two radio shows and a website? I'll hang up and listen on the pod. Thanks, Chris in Portland, Oregon, a question mark presenter who's had multiple TVs for over 25 years. Well, how does it affect things? How does it affect my brand? Do I get blowback from management? Um, Does it affect my ratings? I don't think it has any real negative effects. In theory, management could come to me and say, hey, we uh, we heard you said something on your podcast we didn't like. But I think they would realize, well, I'm out of my realm here. This is one of the things where I think every young broadcaster – including aspiring podcast broadcasters, should have a podcast. Even if only six people listen to it, and if it's two of those are your mom and dad, it's still something. You're building a catalog of material, even if nobody listens to it. Well, but I'm not going to make any money. Yeah, you're goddamn right you're not going to make any money. Do you know how many rich-ass people in the world work their asses off for many a year not making any money? It's the old analogy of you come to a, uh, a small river in a forest. You're hiking along. It's too deep to cross, but there are a lot of rocks along the shore. Well, what do you do? You start picking up the rocks, chucking them in. Kasploosh! Kasploosh! The first hundred rocks sink to the bottom. You can't walk over it, but if you keep it up, and if you have enough rocks, eventually you've got a footbridge. You cross to the other side. So I think it only—it's—it's it's another product in my suite of products in the Zabe Superstore that is, along with the other radio shows. I don't even promote my podcast as much as I could on the two radio shows. I do it mainly because I don't really want to attract attention. I don't really want to get called into a meeting or about. Well, you know, that's your own deal. You really shouldn't be promoting it. You know, my bosses and management—they're fine with it. They're like, hey, you know. Now, of course, all these broadcast entities, radio stations, they want you to do an extra podcast as a supplemental piece of content. But they want it under their umbrella. They want it to be part of your deal. And I understand that, but be better off to keep it your own deal. I do enjoy doing all of it, though. I enjoy the podcast differently, but as much as the radio shows and vice versa. Phil Kolokotronis in Columbia, Maryland, kolokotronis. Th- th- kolokotronis. C-o-l- oh, no K O L O C O, Tronus, tronstronis Never seen that one. I'm guessing that is Greek. Zabe, enjoying your podcast, something I recently discovered. Oh, good. A nice compliment to your work on AM980. I like the more freewheeling, laid-back nature of the podcast in contrast with the more rigid, stick-to-the-script format of the radio show. Both work well for you. Regarding the NFL and its various rule changes, including replay, you are so right. We're nearly the same age. I was born in April of 68. The NFL has taken away the organic joy that I used to know and you used to know where plays were final and you either liked the outcome or you were mad. Period. Period. You didn't have what we have today, which is, oh, hold on a second. We're looking for a possible flag after that last play. Ugh. And all of these stoppages are going to push regular season games to nearly four hours before we know it. Finally, I greatly enjoy your foghorn leghorn slash southern gentleman voice. Let's hear more. You know, it's funny. that That is my best voice. Because I've got the voice for it and I've got the syntax down and the wording. But... And the character kind of dialed in. I think I do it too much. Also, your heckler voice is a great way to poke fun at yourself. No, I'm a real heckler, actually. I'm, I'm right here. You suck. I've been training to do voiceovers myself, so I appreciate what it takes to do those various voices. Much continued success to you, Phil Kolokotronis, Columbia, Maryland. Thank you, Phil. Appreciate that. This email from Doug Fisher in Fairhope, Alabama, or Alaska? Fairhope, A-L. Alaska is a K, Uh, but it's A-L period, not two capitals. It's A capital, okay. Fairhope, I'm going to say Alaska. Doug Fisher, what a great show this morning, Zabe. you got to love Jay. He gets so fired up. Nothing better than you guys. Great to have you all back. Thank you for that. Then there's an email from friend Flome, my friend Jeremy Flom, my friend. I've never met him, but he's my email friend. Jeremy writes some witheringly insightful, spot-on, and very wonderfully crafted prose, mostly about the ineptitude and dysfunction of the football team in my area, the Washington Redskins. He writes about the Trent Williams holdout that continues, that drags on into day number 12. Maybe, Zabe, it's the money for Trent. Maybe it's the medical team. Maybe it's the years of losing. Maybe it's seeing Sean McVay leave and go to a Super Bowl. Maybe he saw what Kirk said when he said hell no to this franchise. Maybe it's the years of Bruce Allen-induced bullshine and front office debacles. Maybe it's the fact he's in his late prime and he sees no end to any of all this. Maybe there aren't specifics with this holdout and this disgruntlement because it's not just one thing. It's a lot of things. Maybe, just maybe, Trent just doesn't want to be here anymore. Let's simply call it organizational fatigue. Kirk had it. Many others have as well. Isn't Trent doing something, if that's the case, that many fans wish they could do? Just pack up and get the hell out of here? Fans can't. Trent can. And who would be the last to acknowledge organizational fatigue? Why? It's the Redskins themselves. They are the imminent, it can't be us, organization. They would say things like, we love Trent, but love has nothing to do with it. They would cover up seats at the stadium rather than admit they have a problem. They'd build a party deck. They'd tell you there's a waiting list. They'd trash someone on their way out the door. And on and on it goes. This is the reality Redskin fans have to endure. But Trent, he don't have to do that. Signed, Jeremy Flom. Jeremy, <laughs> spot on yet again. I couldn't agree more. You and I are on the same wavelength. Yes, it quite probably is an organizational fatigue. It is a combination of things wherein it's not one thing to put your finger on. It's just fucking all of it. And Trent? Maybe, although I think if I'd have to bet, he's coming back. He's going to crawl back with an excuse as to, well, okay, but dot, dot, dot. That's what I think. I don't know. I can understand, though, if he's more in the camp that Jeremy paints, which is simple organizational fatigue. He's had enough, and he's just not going to do it anymore.
2: This is where the DJ talks. All right, time anything. to talk okay. to Charch in
1: the Twin Cities.
2: Charch, my man. It's been too long. What's it been? A couple of weeks, right?
1: It's been a little bit. I mean, any week without you is too long. So it's good to have you back on a regular schedule. And we are coming into the most wonderful time of the year, fantasy yeah. draft season is upon hell us. Hell yeah,
2: baby. It's the best. So already, the
1: best. already I'm sure many drafts are, not many, but uh, some of the early drafts are happening. These yes. are the kind of fantasy drafts where guys get together, they're college buddies, and they convene for a weekend in the summer to do their draft. I'm very envious of those, by the way, because they sound like a hell of a lot of fun.
2: And there's usually golfing involved. So many, so many leagues do the big golf outing. Right, they go get a, they go get a, a, you know, like a cabin or a lodge up on a golf course in the middle of some pastoral setting. Get, they golf all day. They start drinking beer like four o'clock. By seven o'clock, they're, you know, they're they're drafting, and then they got to live with their (laughs) drunken decisions for the rest of the. Next four months. It's yeah. the best. It's but then, the again,
1: best. then again, they're men who have already paid for their drunken decisions in life. So they're used to paying for their drunken decisions.
2: <laughs> That's right. They go home and they stare those drunken decisions right in the eye. And usually right. there's two eyeballs looking back at you for that drunken decision. <laughs>
1: exactly. They, they, they do yeah. that all the time. So uh, what is new on the fantasy front this year? I'm going to start with an email I got from a listener who said, Please run this by charge, but what in God's green earth was ESPN.com thinking when they eliminated the option to do an offline draft manager? Can you explain?
2: Um, I just think they really, they just really want everybody. They feel like it's a connected world, right? Everybody can have internet connection if you want to. And they want everybody drafting online and they want everybody using the draft room and the draft tool and they've monetized that thing and that's that's where they want to bring people. They don't they don't get anything out of it if you're if you're using their draft room like the old paper, the old paper draft boards with the stickers. Oh yeah. And, you know, if you're basically just using an electronified version of that, they don't they don't get as much out of that. They want you to do your online draft on their room, and then they want you to migrate that into their platform. So you're running your league on ESPN. And you know why, Zay? It's because nobody leaves. Once your league starts on whatever platform, changing the platform, it.
1: Changing it is too much
2: work. Correct. Too and much records, hassle. You lose all your records. You lose, right. you know, all the, you know, all that stuff. Nobody wants to do it. So they want you in the system, and that's that's what's motivating this
1: for sure. So wait a minute. So what this was was a way to run your league using ESPN software. It's just you would not be connected for the draft. Once you manually entered everyone's picks and the player pool got depleted one at a time, one at a time, one at a time, then you would light it up and connect to the internet to have the internet score your league week after week.
2: Well, I think the real problem that they were—I think the real reason they did the save was—well, was, well, was that running, it?
1: Was that it? No, though?
2: no, I oh. don't think that was it. I think what was going on was people would run their league somewhere else, but they would—they would want the ESPN draft day experience. Ah, really good. And so they'd use the ESPN draft room software offline. And then they go to my fantasy league, and they run their league on my fantasy league, which has a, a terribly shitty draft experience. it's a really good, it's a really good in-season manager. So I think they wanted to cut those those hijinks out.
1: Hmm. Well, it is their platform, so tough luck.
2: It's legal. Yeah, it, it's legal. Right. I can do it, and and you could still do that. You, just, you have to be connected online because they really do want you to one-click back it into your get those players and everybody migrated onto their platform. I think that's what it's about.
1: All right. First, before we go any further, let's remind people of the amazing suite of services and platforms that you have out there for people to utilize through fanball.com and others. Ready, set, go.
2: First, because you were talking about your new ways to play, the best new way to play, period, it's not even close, are guillotine leagues. And I know, Zabe, you and I have talked about it a little bit, so you already know, but for the listeners who don't... I've already forgotten
1: format, how they work.
2: It's so brilliant. You start the season with 17 teams. You never play head-to-head. Every week, the low-scoring team gets eliminated and their roster gets sent to free agency. So now the 16 other teams get to feast on this. this all these awesome players that just hit free agency. You've got a whole draft of players a first rounder, a second rounder, a third rounder. You might be looking at after week 1, you might be looking at Alvin Kamara who happened to have a bad week and Matt Ryan and Michael Thomas and you know Juju Smith-Schuster so, and you know all these great players at the waiver wire every week and it only gets better as how the do weeks, you, as the weeks go on. How do
1: you disperse those players via bidding or via By a bidding. draft?
2: No, it's gotta be bidding. So okay. you start, Zabe, and I start. You got a thousand fictional dollars to spend throughout the whole year. I got a thousand to spend throughout the whole year. And so then when Alvin Kamara hits the waiver wire after this hypothetical bad week one, Zabe, you gotta figure out damn, do I push all my chips in on maybe the best player in fantasy football now? Or do I wait till next week when maybe, you know, Marlon Mack or you know David Johnson's going to hit the waiver wire. I mean, Good players are coming all the time and that's part of the fascinating wow. part about the guillotine league. Last team standing wins. The last team standing at the end of week 16 is the winner. Okay, that's, so that's the guillotine league.
1: All right, question. What platforms allow for this format?
2: Fanballs platform, guillotineleague.com. Okay. Um you can run it on anywhere you know, we've automated it so that you don't have to do anything. The end of the week, we'll cut the low-scoring team for you. We'll do all the work for you. But if you don't mind doing it manually, you can do it on ESPN. You can do it on Yahoo. It's just somebody's got to go in, and every week has got to go drop that roster. Um, you know, you may want to do things to lock out the owner that that had their lo- their roster drops. So that guy isn't making changes or anything, anything weird like that. But um, that uh, we support it, and then you can do it by hand at, at really any place that you want.
1: Okay, so there's that. What else do you got at fanball? What about league safe, safe leagues, all these know, variants all you have? Stuff, right? Let's get it all I out know. there. Come on.
2: It's it's so much stuff. All right. So if you want to play high stakes, you want to win a hundred thousand dollars playing fantasy football this season, we've got high stakes games, fanball.com. We've got that as well. You wanna you love drafting, but you don't want all the in-season management. You want best ball games. We have a site called Best Ball Tens. Again, you can go to fanball.com for all this stuff. Best ball tens allows you to do a do all do uh online drafts with people. And then you don't do any management. The system sets your best lineup retrospectively every single week, the best lineup you could have had, and then you just watch it play out. No moves, no free agency, no trades, no management. Best ball tens, super fun. You want all my player rankings for free? Fanball.com. We got all my player rankings. That's for free. You wanna try an Empire League? You can do that. You wanna join a dynasty league? We can do that at SafeLeagues.com. League Safe. That's all the the, the we handle all the money in your leagues. So your commissioner doesn't have to badger your deadbeats. We do that <laughs> at LeagueSafe.com. All of that stuff. We have so many different things. That's FanBall. Uh, Fanball.com is the one stop shop for all that stuff.
1: Very good. Uh League Safe is League Safe versus Safe Leagues. League Safe yeah. is a we'll hold your money and disperse it efficiently site. Safe right. leagues is what?
2: Safe leagues is where you can join a league with strangers and it's safe to do so because we are the commissioner and we're holding the funds. Got it. So if you don't know, you know, 11 other people who want to play the way you want to play, we form these leagues at League Safe and then we make sure the right people get paid out and we make sure there's no shenanigans because you're playing with strangers on the internet.
1: Right. Now, some would say that's a weird ball way to do it, that the big part of fantasy is at least the intra-office camaraderie or the friend camaraderie or your golf club camaraderie. What yeah. weird ball would want to play with a bunch of strangers? The answer is guys who are just addicted to fantasy.
2: You love fantasy, and you don't know 11 other people who want to play the way you want to play. It's your second league. It's your third league. It's your fifth league. That's what these things are for. And the guillotine league especially is that way. You know, I don't think anybody wants the guillotine league to be the only league they're in, but – what a fun second league! Yeah, when when you're playing against 1,700 people, and by the way, the money gets big fast in those two
1: because of all the free people, agent bidding.
2: Well, I'm, I'm talking more like the real life money you're going to win at the end of the year. You got a hundred, you got 17 people times 100 bucks. You know, you're looking at 1,700 at the whoa, end whoa, of the year. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, slow down! I'm not that good at math. A hundred a person, and there's yep. 17 of them. And you yeah. say carry the want by two. Seventeen hundred dollars? Yeah. Why that's not, like right? that's like one thousand seven hundred dollars charge.
2: It's it's exactly like it. That's how much it's like <laughs> it. That's 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 part of the beauty of the guillotine league, is somebody you know, you start getting into real money. We've got um again at guillotine if you want to go there for uh for guillotine leagues. If we've got them with entry fees up to four hundred dollars. And those things are paying out like five grand. So, wow. yeah. It's, well, I mean, you know, at that point, it's it's not life changing, but no, you know, it's nice though. A down, down payment for a house, for Pete's sake.
1: So, what is a Empire League, and what is a Dynasty League?
2: Dynasty League, you carry over the entire roster year to year. So, oh. if whatever you know, whatever roster you ended up the season with last year, you're rolling that into this year. And then the draft at this time of season is just rookies and free agents. So if you had, for example, my, my dynasty league, my empire league, I had Rob Gronkowski. So probably going to drop Gronk. Cause I don't think he's probably going to come back. Um, but then I'll be drafting rookies. So I'll be trying to turn, you know, I'll be drafting Josh Jacobs. I'll be dropping Rob Gronkowski. How many,
1: day. how many rookies can you draft in a dynasty league?
2: An unlimited number, but you got to drop somebody to got add it. somebody. Okay. So, you know, if your team's really shitty and you got like five guys who just suck, then you're going to drop five guys, you're going to add in rookies and free agents that uh that are available. And there's so, no
1: and there's yeah. no free agency in a dynasty league in which you can only protect say 8 of your 12 players.
2: You you have your players for eternity.
1: Okay, what is a Empire League. The,
2: the Empire variation is my invention and it's brilliant, Dave. So you take that Dynasty League. Here's one of my big quibbles with fantasy football. The league never ends. There's never a champion. There's just a who's the latest guy who won. Right. The Empire League is a Dynasty League where you hold over everybody, but two key differences. At the end of the year, half of the, the payout money goes to the winner. The other half Rolls forward season to season, waiting for somebody to win in back to back weeks. There's back to back years, and when you win in back to back years, you win that year's pot, uh... you win the rolling pot, <laughs> and the league disbands. The league's over. <laughs> You're the champion. And those numbers get big too. You're in a hundred fifty dollar league, and you hit that jackpot, and you go back to back in years four and five. You just had a seven thousand dollar payday. It's it. Those things get uh, those things get big too. I, I like love it. the Empire League. I yes. like it.
1: By the way, I told the story of you in the high stakes league that was held at Manny Steakhouse in Minneapolis, yes. where you were the ringer brought in you were the player to be named later and then when you walked in the room everyone in that room said oh my god who the hell invited this guy you end up winning the league and then they rang up your bill in the traditional champions dinner at manny's steakhouse i told that story to your boss of bosses up there jeff tyler (laughs) vp of programming for iheart radio in the upper midwest and he laughed his ass off. He had never heard that story before.
2: <laughs> I'm sure he had it say so I don't tell it very often. Yeah. Uh, it was good uh, to, it was
1: good for me to name drop to you because Tyler loves you and he knows uh, you from, you know, the fan up there and I yeah. uh, was talking to, about, you know, you had talked to him about proposing certain possible business ventures in and around fantasy. And he was like, yeah, I'd never thought of it that way, but Charge had some good ideas. So he likes yeah. you, man. And I was, I was glad to bask in your reflected glow with my <laughs> new boss of bosses in the so iHeart family.
2: Now, you went golfing with... Your boss's 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 boss, or whatever he is. The-
1: I went with two bosses. My uh, my uh, gr- cluster boss, Colleen Valkoon, who runs iHeart Milwaukee, all the stations, all six stations, including yes. 97.3 The Game, and Jeff Tyler, who is a big muckety-muck VP of programming in the Midwest region for iHeart, big time. All
2: right, so did you let him win?
1: Well, I was a better golfer by a factor of three. I mean, I shot 82, he shot 102. So I can't what am I supposed to do? Oh yeah, well, gee, Jeff, you beat me again on this hole. I was on the green in two, but I nine putted.
2: <laughs> he's well, not gonna
1: he's it, not gonna it, go for that.
2: No, there's if if you know, if you really do have a 20 stroke differential, it's it's gonna be a it's gonna be a little bit tricky to hide that. But the other side of it is, you know, maybe this is this is the time when you just you got to swallow your pride and Look, you can't let them know there's a 20 stroke differential.
1: Now that, that whole thing about letting your boss win. It's not that it is about being a enjoyable fella on the golf course. That is pleasant to be with that is encouraging and receptive. When you hit good shots, who knows when to shut his mouth when you hit bad shots, looks, <laughs> looks for your golf ball, volunteers to buy a round of drinks and just engages in interesting conversation. That's how you win in business golf by being yeah. a normal guy that at the end of the round, no matter what the guy, the client, or the boss shot, is thinking, God damn, that was fun. That, that guy, uh, Zabin, is all right. And that's they. Yeah. one of them walk away with a good feeling. So p- poor Jeff did not have his game. On this particular day. So he was really struggling. And that's always the worst when you got good guys that you want to have a good time with. And they are so off their form that golf becomes torture. And we've all been there who play yeah, the game. Yeah, I've
2: been, I, I, that has happened. Well, that's almost every time I go out where you know, at some point the frustration almost you know can ruin the whole outing if you're not careful. All and there, right. you know, there are competitive people like that. That's, that's part of golf and part of growing up, right, is being able to handle that.
1: Well, that's one of the great lessons that the game of golf teaches. How do you persevere? Mm-hmm. How do you endure when life yeah. or golf is not going your way? How do you maintain your dignity in the face of abject humiliation? Because golf is a humiliation sport. It's not a humbling sport. Humiliation sport. It you is. feel so low and so stupid and so worthless. Okay. Uh, enough of and, me and, and golf. And you
2: want it. You want it so badly. You just, oh, You know, you, totally. you, it. you You know, it's... It's it, it, you in your mind's eye. You're doing everything right. You're checking the, all the boxes. You know, I'm bending my knee. I'm keeping my elbows straight. You know, you're going through all the boxes. You're trying to do everything just perfect. You visualize it right down the middle of the fairway, 260 yards, and you shank the shit out of that thing so hard left you break a car window. <laughs> you're like, God, I'm I'm so bad.
1: You're right. You're right. Golf is the cruelest mistress because it'd be like, let's say you're at a bar and you run into this amazing Margot Robbie knockoff, a 11 out of a scale of one to 10. And she's actually talking to you and she lets you buy her a drink and you think you're getting somewhere. And then all of a sudden, this is what golf does all of a sudden out of the blue. She stands up in the bar and screams out, oh, my God, you are disgusting. I would never in a million years go out on a date with you. Get away from me. And that's how you feel in golf. You feel like, oh, but it was going so well. And now I feel like a worthless, pathetic slug. And everybody's looking at me and laughing.
2: You know, I think you could go even one step further because you do it to yourself. In that scenario, your Margot Robbie knockoff did it to you. I think you do it to yourself. You're chatting her up. You're buying her drink. She's on like her third drink. She's casually she's casually making physical contact with you. Your knees touch uh, at at the bar. Mm-hmm. She might uh, you know she might put her hand briefly on your shoulder, mm-hmm. and then you let out a five second long audible fart. <laughs> And And then,
1: and you and and oh, wait, wait, no, 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 she she overlooks it like you might be able to survive it, but no, you actually sharded yourself, and you now have to tell your Margot Robbie knockoff, uh, I, I, I got, I got, I'll be right back. And you get up and you duck waddle with your mud pants to the bathroom. Uh, that, my friend, that's the perfect golf analogy for you right there. Uh, okay, let me get let me get some more fantasy questions out there for you. This is a very yeah. fantasy-heavy visit from you, but it's apropos because it's timely and, and, and the beast is awakening. Better ex-stealer fantasy-wise this year, Antonio Brown and his ruined feet, or Le'Veon yes. Bell and his missing jewelry? I'll hang up and listen off
2: air. You saw the feet, right?
1: Unbelievable. unbelievable
2: what the fuck changed man oh god i could never be a podiatrist no exactly fucking amputate those things (laughs) jesus right god yes how how now the human body creates seven layers of skin if my high school you know biology is any reminder he's got like 93 layers on his feet alone i just i want to i just want to like somebody's gotta pull layers like she's off of of skin off of his feet. They're so horrible. <laughs> oh god. So
1: that said, who has the better year? Fantasy-wise, Antonio Le'Veon Brown and Le'Veon Bell.
2: Le'Veon Bell, because that whole offense goes through Le'Veon Bell. He's not dependent on a shitty quarterback getting him the ball like Antonio Brown is. And Antonio Brown, unlike any time a wide receiver is seeing a foot specialist that is a bad bad combination that's the, the wide receivers and their feet are nothing to trifle with we've seen whole careers go down the drain because wide receivers couldn't get their feet right this is going to be this is going to be a potentially an ongoing problem for him and i've knocked him all the way down to wide receiver 20 wow 20 wow. levy on bell is running back 13 yeah
1: and, uh, and last year, Antonio Brown won my and a lot of other guys' leagues. Oh, yeah. With the Number season one, he had.
2: Highest uh, scoring in many leagues. Highest scoring wide receiver last year, Antonio Brown. I've
1: already got my first zinger, by the way. Starting blank would be would show worse judgment than Le'Veon Bell's Tinder swipe right criteria. Ooh! <laughs> Wait, is it is it swipe right to save, swipe left to say No. I've never
2: used it but I think swipe right is yes okay. and I think swipe left is no. Okay. Uh, but he should be I think he needs to be a little more selective.
1: Fantasy question number 2. Better running quarterback option fantasy wise, Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson.
2: Uh I will answer that in one in a second but let me mention this. If you're in a league that allows you to start two quarterbacks and that's increasingly becoming the thing and I highly recommend it that your flex position, be allowed to be a quarterback. I don't like it. You should like it because here's why. There's too many good quarterbacks, so the quarterback position is worthless. Try trading a quarterback. Nobody wants your quarterback because everybody's got a good one because right now there's 20 good quarterbacks. Number 20 quarterbacks, Phillip Rivers, for love of God, he's heading to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's a good there point. Are, good There point. are so many good quarterbacks that everybody has a good one, so they're worthless. So point being, if you can start two. And this is what I'm going to do. I can tell you and your listeners, Dave, I can't tell anybody. I can't tell anybody in my leagues. My plan is I'm going to start two running quarterbacks every week. I'm going to go get running quarterbacks, guys that aren't great passers. They're not great passers. Well, how many are there
1: besides those two? There's so
2: many. So there's so many. I'll give you an example. You mentioned Kyler Murray. Russell Wilson's a a rushing quarterback. Would Jared Allen be one? Uh, yeah. Or no, Josh, sure. Josh Allen, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Would Mitchell
1: Trubisky be another one?
2: He is. Absolutely. He is. So is Cam Newton famously, of course. So Dak Prescott is a half decent rushing quarterback. I'm getting two of them at a discount. Cause these are guys who are not, that are not always regular passers who don't always pass their way to victory. I'm getting two of them and I'm going to start them both. And most weeks, one of them is going to run me like a running back and the other one's going to be okay. And I'm going to start them both, and some weeks they're both going to run for a bunch, and I'm going to go – my team's going to go crazy.
1: John That's Harbaugh my... has already said he's going to run the wheels off of Lamar Jackson, which should be Why fine. Uh, but yeah. the wheels are going to come off. He he is going to run himself into a hit that knocks him in two, and then it'll be on the injured list.
2: Maybe. Maybe. No, but... no,
1: certainly. It's coming. From a guy who lived the RG3 experience, watch. Yeah. These guys, they're all like, yeah, I'm juking, I'm running, I'm free, wham! And then next thing they know, holy shit, (laughs) that guy closed on me fast. Because it's the NFL. Okay, most dangerous fantasy pick. Zeke Elliott currently on holdout. Jake Gurley, no Jake Gurley, Todd Gurley and his... uh, I keep saying Jake Gurley. Jake Gurley was a sales rep I once worked with. (laughs) I have no idea why I can't get that on my brain. Todd Gurley and his arthritic knee... Cam Newton or Nick Foles?
2: Well, the, the beauty of it, Nick Foles is out because he won't even be drafted. in most. Okay. So you, You're uh, you know so low. He's the 20th draft.
1: That was a typo. I meant to so say Carson Wentz. Well,
2: oh, there you go. All right. Carson Wentz, but that's, uh, well, that's, is, that's, is Wentz
1: even a dangerous pick or no,
2: no, I love the Eagles. In fact, I think okay. the Eagles are going to go to the Super Bowl. Oh, um, fuck! Right. No, I know. I know. Better not. Um, all right, it's Todd Gurley for right now, and here's why. Zeke's still, we're still five weeks out. The Zeke thing hopefully gets resolved. And I'm not panicking yet. You and I are old enough to have lived through a lot of holdouts in our life. One of them has gone Le'Veon Bell. Like, you know, almost never does this, does it actually go Le'Veon Bell. Um, and keep in mind, differently, Le'Veon Bell wasn't under contract. Zeke's under contract. He's going to be giving up money, and, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons for him to sign. And I'm not going to panic yet. Todd Gurley. Imagine this scenario, Zay. You draft, you draft Todd Gurley and you're depending on him because you're going to have to, you shouldn't have to draft him in like the second round where he's typically going right now. It's week four. It's Wednesday. He's on, you look at the injury report and it says Todd Gurley knee. How you feeling for Sunday?
1: Not good. No, because now you've got to, right. What does it mean? And you've got to discern Do I start him or not? Because I invested a significant draft pick in him in fantasy.
2: Correct. And look what happened in the playoffs. Disappeared in two of the three playoff games the Rams had. Nine factor, including the Super Bowl. Who the hell knows? And who wants that? Who wants to inherit that every damn week? Chronically arthritic knee. No thank you. you got to pay the high price to get him and then every week you are on pins and needles hoping this isn't the week that th- that he's not going to play or is going to have the workload reduced so much that it's just not a difference.
1: Should I have put Tyree Kill on the most dangerous list, or is he too good to even be considered dangerous because, holy shit, look at the production?
2: He's so good. He's my number two wide receiver. I might move him to number one. And here's the thing. The only real danger is, could he possibly be stupid enough to get himself in trouble again? Yes,
1: short answer, yes, 1,000%. He's already put himself on the edge of getting suspended. Some say he absolutely should have been using the Zeke Elliott standard, but the NFL treats these suspensions like it's a roulette wheel.
2: No, yeah, you never know. I want to believe, Dave, that this was so public, that the public shaming and humiliation that went with this is enough to temper his basic instincts.
1: You are assuming that Tyreek Hill has regular software running his brain and his life. (laughs) It is not normal person software. I've I've once said famously on one of my radio shows that the world athletes live in, it's a world of wonder to us. We have no idea how they even think, how they move in the world, and we have no idea of the pressures that they are under to perform – and the criticisms that they take, and how they have to just shrug those aside, and now the thirsty girls out there, and the women that try to manipulate them—I mean, it's tough. So I would, I would say that uh, that Tyree Kill is a little bit of a watch list guy, but his his talent is spectacular. Let me end uh, with this: yeah. You have a okay. note. You said I want to talk about Minnesota, where drive-throughs are illegal.
2: Wow. The, the, the Minneapolis Planning Commission is trying to ban drive-thrus from being built in the entire city.
1: Uh, let me guess why they're bad for the environment, because people's cars are running.
2: Correct. You nailed it. Yeah, and, because cars are <laughs> idling, and that makes us bad people.
1: And if I'm not mistaken, it gets so cold in the winter up there that... Even getting out of your car for 20 seconds to dash in somewhere is a huge <laughs> inconvenience that would Sometimes, warrant the building yeah. of a drive through.
2: Right. You know, and we all have drive throughs, and, you know, we need them more than most because nobody wants to get in and out, step out of your car into slush, frozen slush, trek your way into the building. But even more so, think about this. Think about this. You're somebody who is disabled, or you're elderly, right. Or you've got a minivan full of kids. Right. And you just you want to get your drive through prescription for your medication. Nay, nay. Not in Minneapolis. Is, no no. Is We're this trying now? To do away. Is we, this we a, are turned. Yeah. Is this Go a ahead.
1: done deal or is it no, being proposed? Not yet. Does it's it have proposed. a does it have a chance of passing? Yes.
2: God does it. You should see How? the bike How? You should see the bike lanes we're building. We are converting our roads for cars into bike lanes and people can only bike in this town for 5 months a year. <laughs> this they envision this utopia with no cars, everybody walking and biking, apparently living together elbow to elbow in these in 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 this cityscape. It's this crazy weird distorted utopian vision that has no grounding in reality whatsoever
1: central planners are going to central plan and those that believe in the wisdom of the state and of big government they will never waver in their faith that wise elected leaders know how to run everyone else's life better Mm -hmm. than they do Correct. And
2: you're you're another case.
1: And doing good ain't got no end, as they said once upon a time. So if you do a little bit of good, you never say, okay, that's enough good that we can do. So let's put our legislative pens down and let's just call it a day. Oh, no. One little bit of good turns into let's do more good, more bike lanes. Let's Uh not just prohibit the building of new drive-thrus. Let's knock down the old drive-thrus. They would do it.
2: They would do it. If they could, I think they would. Okay. They would. They, they put they put in uh, tire strips <laughs> down in the existing drive-throughs. If they could, oh, the anti-car dude. mentality here is, and I think it's this. It's it's this way in a lot of cities. The anti-car people, they hate it. You know, By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: By the way, you ever thought about moving?
2: Yeah, okay, okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
1: hold on. I think I lost charge there for a second. I right.
2: get, look, it's, um, I get frustrated. My, there, there are wonderful things about this city, but there are times and I get very frustrated with the politics.
1: I can understand that. All right, Church, as always, a pleasure. Oh, we didn't even talk about Whiskey League. We'll do it next week, but that's going to happen, by the way. Entry entry is whiskey. Winner gets all the whiskey. It couldn't be more simple or more beautiful.
2: Why, why do we not? We should do this in, the, in a guillotine league format so we get 17 bottles. You get you, Once yeah. you get knocked out, then you know you got it. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to pony up your bottle of whiskey. I, I think love that it. could be fun. All Seventeen right. listeners. Do you want to do it with listeners? Or do you want to do it with friends?
1: A combination. We'll talk about okay. it further. Charge. We're out of time. Thank Deal. you, buddy. All we'll right. talk Come next on. week. Hey,
0: Moses, yeah, listen to this, this
1: I'll end know. on this today. I was reading a bit more about the uh, shooter in the Dayton attack, and the more I read, the more I shook my head and said. How does this happen? First, a couple things. Um, He had these twin drums attached to the gun that were apparently legal. Two circular drums that held up to 100 rounds of ammunition. I'm sorry, but how in the fuck is that legal? I know, I know, you're going to say, hey, a five-round magazine can be swapped out on a AR-15 in a matter of seconds. Okay, fine. So, he could still do a lot of carnage with just that. And realistically, even if you got all long guns that have high-velocity bullets uh, banned, except for those that have a single bullet that you put into a chamber at a time, you're only going to reduce the amount of death and carnage, which we'd be all for, but you wouldn't eliminate it. But the hundred round what the fuck just like bump stocks apparently after the Las Vegas shooting where the guy did use bump stocks they talked about well we're going to move to ban those and apparently that like went nowhere somehow i don't understand that and i know what you're going to say it's the nra blah 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 politicians i get it i get it but when we have to overcome that then that's the you know The bottom line there. I also don't understand why civilians should have access to body armor, but that's just me. I know body armor is not an offensive weapon that can kill people, but it seems like we shouldn't be selling body armor to citizens because those are tactical things meant for the authorities. Anyone buying body armor should be immediately put on a list of watch this motherfucker. He's planning to shoot somebody up or something up. But anyway, if we were to ban all, let's say, AR-15s, how do we go about getting them out of the hands of people? And what happens if you then snitch on somebody you know has one and tell the authorities, hey, go get it? Legally, the system would get overloaded. And I would be willing to bet if you were to get to that point it would cause a surge in shootings with people who own these guns who are what I would call fence sitters. Like, I'm mentally not right. I've been thinking about doing something awful. Oh, and now this gun that I own is banned and they're saying you got to turn them in by this date. Well, it's go time now. So these are all things that have to be thought about. And even if we got rid of all long guns, high-powered guns, assault weapons, quote-unquote. Bottom line is, incredible carnage can be done with just a couple of handguns. Elliot Roger, the guy who shot up Isla Vista, where I went to school, UC Santa Barbara, six dead, bunch more wounded, handguns. The Virginia Tech shooter used nothing but handguns. Moreover, so many of these people, and this guy in Dayton was crazy as fuck. And... People at his high school said, we knew this guy was crazy. He scared us. A hit list that he put on the wall of the bathroom, a a kill list, and a rape list. He apparently got kicked out of school for a year, but then came back to school with no notice, no memo, no nothing to the students there. Apparently, after the hit list appeared on the wall, a third of the students in the 900-person school didn't show up the next day. They're like, fuck, this is crazy. How does this happen? One, one girl at the school said, the school failed us, the police failed us. He spoke and wrote of rape, decapitation, and just the total destruction of those on that list, which included me. None of us are surprised by this. This is, of course, similar to the Parkland shooter who had a million red flags and many opportunities for somebody, anybody in the system to step forward and say, this is going to end very badly. But you're talking about government bureaucracies where there is a lot of red tape. And there are legitimate civil rights and individual uh, civil liberties involved in which it's not it's easier said than done sometimes just saying, hey, this guy's not right. I think he could go shoot up a school. And we did away with um, basically involuntary institutionalization in mental Facilities back in the 60s and into the 70s, where once upon a time, you could have somebody who was considered to be dangerous put in you know, a mental institution until they figured out, okay, what are we going to do? But this guy killed his own sister and almost killed his so-called best friend who got shot but survived. This best friend that bailed him out of jail when he got a DUI. The best friend who was also, ironically, weirdly, on the kill list. He also got a DOI in 2016. And he also missed, I guess, reporting to his probation officer. So he actually went to jail for that. Yet somehow, that wasn't enough to put him on a list that says, hey, don't let this guy buy guns. And even if he was on a list, he could have maybe gotten the gun somewhere else. I'm not saying don't do any of this stuff. I'm just saying, holy shit. This is what I think drives so many of us crazy and it's hard to understand. How is it that now we have these phones that listen to us? And if we say, oh, um, I'm looking at getting a Black & Decker handsaw, all of a sudden on our web browser, not even on our phone, but our web browser at work. For whatever reason, boom. Hey, there's an ad for a Black & Decker web uh, handsaw. How, that can't. Of all the things in the world. And sure enough, we're in a society now where our listening devices, which some of us have installed in our homes. Crazy. Alexa, spy on me, please. Already doing it, sir. Thank you. That these, you know, this interconnectedness in which they know what we're talking about. we They know what we're texting each other about. They're sniffing and reading our email and pulling out of it certain words and phrases and products and things that we want. And they're pushing us advertising and sending us email and specials. It, it knows all this about us. And yet, crazy, dangerous people right in front of our faces, known to the community, who already commit threatening acts like kill lists or stuff like that. We can't stop them? Man, that's the toughest part of all of this. And these are things we can work on now, both sides. Both sides can get together and say, we've got to toughen up our reporting statutes. We've got to toughen up the laws to be able to keep an eye on, surveil, or perhaps even maybe not institutionalize, but somehow really press down on known crazies before they kill we can both work on that right now and that that doesn't even involve constitutional amendments or big sticky issues like the second amendment and gun rights i'd love to see our elected officials dig in right there I'm not sure we're going to see that. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Charge, as always, for getting the fantasy football pump primed. Have yourself a great Wednesday, and we will see you next time.